It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Ah, KT on a fat Tuesday. PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. No place I'd rather be on a Tuesday night with my producer, Mark Hoke, and a great show in store for you. Aid Graney will join us, Review Journal, talk lots of things Vegas-oriented. Of course, uh, we got the Raiders coming off a big win in another game here in town at Allegiant Stadium, Sunday night football against the Jets, who come off that Monday night beatdown against the Chargers. So uh, we'll talk to Ed about that. Also, UNLV football playing at a very high level, and the men get underway tomorrow night basketball thomas and mac ladies lindy larock and company got underway last night on the road get to all that stuff but a big week of sports here in uh, the vegas valley and throughout all the major sports that are going on i mean it's so hard just to get caught up and make sure that you're paying attention to the nba now we don't have an nba franchise here yet but that's right around the corner from what we hear and of course we've got hockey we've got the defending stanley cup champion Vegas Golden Knights and uh, 11-1-1 start, so all is good on the ice. So you pay attention to that a little bit more. But the NBA, you try to stay up on top of it. You got college basketball that started up yesterday. Got more college hoops going strong today and throughout the week. And like I said, the Rebs will be in action tomorrow night as far as on the men's side. And uh, got action football, some Mid-American Conference stuff, going three games on a Tuesday night. And plenty of NHL action, plenty of NBA action. And then, of course, a big week of NFL football. Going to get into that, but the college football rankings also coming out. So, that Tuesday, PSBR Law, the best in personal injury for a long time in Southern California. Year number here, and year number four now here in the Vegas Valley, over $4.5 billion in verdicts and settlements for their clients the last five years. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice is Panish, Shea, Boyle, and Ravaputi, PSBR Law. You know the 702 for Vegas, 830. 9353 for the best in personal injury in case you need them in the future 8309353830 producer Mark Hoke great to see you on a fat tuesday and uh, looking forward to a big week and a big weekend in sports is there any other game but Penn State Michigan i'm not really paying attention well there are there's a couple big ones uh Ooh. coming up who how about Ole Miss in Georgia who yeah, who exactly that's a pretty big game and hey you know, the, the thing, though, is if Ole Miss wins that game, what a mess. What a mess the SEC becomes because Alabama beat Ole Miss. And then Georgia's going to win the division. And Ole Miss isn't going to win the division because they've, unless Alabama somehow blows a game. Yikes, Ken. Well, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it because the top 11, to me, one loss or less. So, interesting. And then you have a couple, you know, three or four two-loss teams that are relevant, and folks are, I don't know, two-loss team getting in the playoffs. Trust me, there's a lot of teams that could end up with two losses by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, but I don't don't see a two-loss team getting in. I think there's just going to be too many good one-loss teams. I I, I think two, you're probably done this year. What's that? I think two losses, you're probably done. You could be. You could be, and uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Georgia, 
sidestep at, uh, a landmine there with Missouri. Again, we talked about that a little bit last night, but we'll get into all of it. Lots of college football talk here in the, uh, well, probably in the next hour and a half. Lots of college football talk because the playoff came out. And again, I'm going to go over who's got what left as all the teams pretty much have three games left. And uh, that's it. We're going to get into it big time. And again, then they st- there's still the black cloud hanging over Michigan. What happens if the Big Ten steps in? Look, you're a Big Ten guy now for a long time. Penn State's been in there long enough. Do you feel that they would ever step in with their gentleman's rule and say, ah, there's enough evidence here, we're not going to let you get into the playoff? No, I don't think they'll go that far. I, I think there'll be suspensions. I think there'll be fines. Uh, there's possibility of they can, because of that rule, they can prevent them from being on any Big Ten broadcasts. But, of course, I mean, somebody might just pick their game up. But, yeah, I I think that would probably be going a little a little too far during the season. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't see it. My feeling is, look, and this is what the guys were saying as I watched the committee. They said, look, if Harbaugh is in the know and he knows all about it and from what these guys are saying, what Reese Davis is, you know, saying without saying it is like basically – it's overwhelming the amount of evidence that they have on Michigan. And you're telling me Jim Harbaugh has no clue, right? So if it comes out and they can basically pinpoint it uh, to where they let you know that Harbaugh knew all about it, they're like, ah, but why penalize the poor kids? You know, they're only there for a short time. What did the kids do? Well, the kids, they're part of their leader, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care if Jim Harbaugh takes them down a road and that's the ship you're on. So be it, you know, is what it is. USC vacated a championship because they had Reggie Bush on their team. Did it take away from what the other guys did that played there? No, maybe a little bit. I don't know. You know, they gave up 30 scholarships over a three-year period, you know, which was the heaviest penalty that I've ever seen the NCAA give out to a Division One football team. Nobody's even had anything close to that. Well, SMU did. Well, the death penalty. The that death was penalty. back. Yeah. But that was, yeah, that was back in the day. But USC uh, would be number two, a good number two. Right. So, you know, look, at the end of the day, you're not going to stop it unless you weigh in with something heavy. You want to stop it, you can't give this slap on the wrist and say, oh, you know, poor players. Too bad. That's a school they went to. Their leader, if he's a cheater, too bad. You go down with the ship. Bottom line. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see what happens. Now, you can take care of business here, Hoke, with your Penn State Nittany Lions because you can drop them out of the top four with a win at Happy Valley this week. Yeah, we could. It, you know, but then they go back and beat Ohio State, then what? Yeah. So, well, I, I, we'll get to this, that bridge when, when we have to cross it. But we'll uh, we'll get into the rankings and we'll get into, you know, some what-ifs and we'll – Update you on all the scores. We'll do all that stuff right here on a Fat Tuesday. So let's get started, Mark. Now, the starting five, number one. All right, so let's go right there. The college football playoff rankings are out. And I'm kind of surprised that Ohio State stayed number one. Georgia, number two. Michigan, three. Florida State, four. So the top four pretty much stays intact exactly the way it was. Washington, five. Oregon, six. Texas 7, Bama's, Bama's 8, Ole Miss is 9, Penn State is 10, and then Louisville's at 11. So it'll all shake its way out, you know, as we say, but 
Uh, I'll keep an eye on it. Washington and Oregon, I hope that they meet again with neither team losing from now until then. I like Oregon State. They kind of underachieved as far as I'm concerned. And Arizona, got to give them credit. They kind of shook up the whole Pac-12. USC disappointing. No defense. That's why Alex Grinch is gone. But Oregon better be careful because SC can still put up points. And if Oregon gets off to a slow start, like they did last week, again, first quarter against Cal, 14-10 lead after one. Can't get off to that type of start against Southern Cal because they could put together two or three scores in a row. Again, they're going to play looser now. Their defense may change some things, and Oregon may not have film on everything that SC is going to try and change in a short period of time. Not going to be able to change too much, but maybe enough to throw the Ducks off a little bit. But Bo Nix is playing at a very high level. We'll look forward to that game. Many others will get into all this college football, the what-if scenarios, myself and producer Mark Hoke, throughout the show. Number two. All right, now, of course, Mark Hoke, being the North Dakota State grad, what has he been lobbying for? I mean, throughout the NFL season, and he's a big Eagles guy, right? He loves his little Eagles, fly, Eagles, fly, playing the theme song last night. But lo and behold, he knows that, realistically, deep down in his heart so far, Trey Lance, North Dakota State kid, has been a bust. So he got—he has to go back to yesteryear, right? Because the old fly, Eagles, fly, you kind of take that and you mesh it with a little North Dakota State bison. What do you get? You get Carson Wentz. That's right. And there's Carson Wentz back in the NFL. The Rams, they cut Brett Rippon after a porous game on Sunday. And Carson Wentz has the bye week to work on knowing that offense in case Matthew Stafford is not ready off that thumb injury. So Carson Wentz back in the NFL in La La Land. And my producer, Mark Hope, is Woo! a happy camper. Look go at him. Bison. There you go. <laughs> He's now a bison ram. There you go. And that is uh, that is a big number two right there. Number three. All right, number three. Now, college basketball did start on the men's side last night. And, you know, there's always that one game that kind of catches your attention. You kind of look and do a double take. Well, Mark Hoke and I, we were here in the studio watching it because we knew that James Madison, pretty good team last year, 21-11. and 11, but They were playing Sparty. They were plus a boatload of points, 15 and a half, I think it was. Dukes easily covered that. In fact, the game ends up going into overtime. And in that extra session, well, this guy uh, Horton, what is his name? Raekwon Horton. Only made one shot, but it was a big one. Big three-pointer when they were up one in OT, put him up four. Subsequently, the Dukes win it by three in Spartyland, 79-76. That's a shout-out to Chris Wynn. He's a regular. He grew up in the Lansing area. He's not a happy camper. Sparty goes down, number four in the country. Big win for James Madison and the Dukes. College basketball, it's back, baby. Number four. All right, let's go to the uh, local front here and uh, get you caught up on what's going on UNLV. So we told you the men get underway. Coach Kevin Kruger joining KT last night on SportsX Radio. And UNLV will take on Southern tomorrow. Tip-off, 7 p.m. or shortly after right there at Thomas and & Mack. And then back again on Saturday, 4 p.m. game. The good thing is you don't have to worry about the men's football getting in the way of that Saturday hardwood action. Why? Because the men are playing Friday night. KT is jamming right from the studio. I'll be done at 8 o'clock. I may get the archives up as I'm getting over there to uh, Allegiant Stadium. 7.45 kick, UNLV hosting Wyoming. That's right. That's a pretty good Wyoming Pokes team. Defense better than the offense, which is usually par for their course. But uh, 
They're pesky. And old Craig Bowl with that North Dakota State bison blood in him. Yeah, he's going to not get this one here. UNLV's just playing at a very high level. That line goes from 4.5 up to 5.5. The Rebs not only winning, but they're covering games. But you know what? The old Raider cliche, let's grab it from the old silver and black and just win, baby. Let's get that eighth win. Rebels playing outstanding football. And then the Lady Rebels, Coach Lindy LaRock, got a 72-62 win last night over Loyola Merriment over there at Kirsten Pavilion in in, uh, Westchester, California, KT's old stomping grounds. And they will be back in action at home at the Cox Pavilion. Charleston comes in on Friday night, 7.30 tip. So if you're not going to make it over to Legion Stadium for the football game, please support Lindy LaRock. Outstanding coach. Went unblemished inside the Mountain West last year. Took the Lady Rebs to the big dance and hoping to repeat and do that again. She lost a bunch of players, but this lady's one heck of a coach with that Stanford background. And, of course, played right here at Durango High School. And her dad was also a big-time men's basketball coach over there at Durango for a long, long time, Al LaRock. So uh, we are caught up as far as UNLV right here in the Vegas Valley for the week. Number five. And number five, a combination here. It's uh, really Bronny James is actually... Uh, right now, waiting for his medical exam. And if he passes, he could be back on the court for USC basketball, which is a little surprising, had that cardiac arrest. Now, still got to pass that test. He's only 19 years old, and I don't know if I would do it. I mean, kids got, and the family's got plenty of money, but I guess, you know, if he's cleared, medically cleared, and they're saying that the heart's not going to give him a problem, go ahead, I guess. I mean, at your own risk. And I know the kid wants to play, but I don't know, you know, with a lot of stuff that's been going on since the COVID era, what's exactly going down with a lot of these cardiac arrests for a lot of young people. A lot of myocarditis, a lot of pericarditis, things happening. A lot of it now correlated with vaccines. So, and and LeBron James was a big, you know, activist as far as the vaccines. He was somebody that was pro-vaccine. I don't know how he feels about it now. Because the evidence that's coming out now doesn't look too good as far as the vaccine. So and that's why I just tell people, you know what, at your own risk, even the new ones that are out, until they have medical data, I'm not even taking a chance. That's just me. You guys do what you want. But like I told my friends that all got vaccinated, look, if you're alive in two years, maybe I'll get it. And that is a look at the starting five. KT and uh, Mark Hoke here on a Fat Tuesday. PSBR Law Studios and... Lots of college football talk, like I said, but I'm going to take a break and come back with Mr. Ed Graney, one of the best sports writers in the country. And he's a San Diego guy, used to work at the Tribune, which is one of the better sports sections in the uh, country. And I used to live in San Diego, so I used to get that all the time. But Ed's work is outstanding, and he's been here in the Vegas Valley for a long time. But he covers the Rebs, he covers the Raiders, he covers it all, he knows it all. And he's pretty darn good on the radio early mornings over there on ESPN Radio right here locally in town. So we will get into a bunch of different things, but we're going to start it off with the Raiders and, of course, Antonio Pierce taking over and the uh, big win against the Giants and then the Jets coming in Sunday night football to Legion Stadium and a chance for the Raiders to get to 5-5. and We'll talk all about it when we come back. You're listening to SportsX Radio 101.5 on the FM side. It is K-Dawn, and we stream live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's a free worldwide app. You can download it. You can use the Rewind feature in case you miss any part of SportsX Radio. Just search SportsX Radio, and right there, you can go back, listen to the broadcast. Also, follow at SportsX Radio, at KenThompson87 on X, formerly known as Twitter, and the archives will be pinned there by about 8.45 Pacific time. 
Monday through Friday. Producer Mark Hoke does an outstanding job production-wise, but also he's an outstanding host of the best professional wrestling show on the radio anywhere in the world. It's right here, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Likewise, if you miss any part of the show, use that rewind feature. And Mark also will let you know he's got his own uh, set up there if you need to go back in the archives as well. We are live from Vegas, coming right back in a talk with Ed Graney. Keep things rolling on a Fat Tuesday. You're listening to SportsX Radio. We're coming back here on a Fat Tuesday. Mark Hoke's been in the hits. We'll get with Mark later. Going to go through a lot of college football, get into the NFL as well. And I'm going to get into the NFL right now at the top with one of the best sports writers in the country, Mr. Ed Graney, joining me. And, of course, an outstanding host over there on ESPN Radio 1100 on that AM side. Early in the morning, Graney. Are you an early morning guy, or did you have to transition into that role? That was a transition, my friend, um, because the kids the kids had been gone. You know, when you have the little kids, it's one thing, but when they're grown and gone, uh, you get back into a little uh, a little mode of uh, not not uh, not so early. But uh, the transition has been fine, and uh, it's been a while now. So now it's, uh, it's easy, but it's not as difficult as it was in the beginning. All right, and then of course you got to deal with Bischoff early in the morning, and he's always with that that very dry sense of humor, and he'll try and sneak one in on you at about seven a.m. Yeah, well, he tries to sneak one in from 7 to 10. There you go. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, Tyler and I have a really good time each day, and, uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about. We're in a town now with, um, you know, a lot of different sports and a lot of different things to talk about, so it's it's good. There's plenty of information. As you know, doing a show, there's plenty of uh, plenty of information out there and plenty of things to talk about. No doubt. And let's go right to it. I was there Sunday, enjoyed myself, and, of course, I grew up about 40 miles from uh, Giant Stadium over there in Jersey, so... I uh, used to pass by all the time and where, Dad, which end zone is Hoffa buried under and all that fun stuff growing up. But uh, end of the day, you knew the Giants were hurting. A team that made the playoffs last year, Daniel Jones, even when he's healthy, his team this year has just been woeful. Saquon Barkley actually playing uh, some decent football, but Waller went down, and that kind of sucked because how many of us still have number 83 jerseys that at least we would have got to wear, you know, be in the Raider colors, but at least showing some homage to now number 12 on the New York football giants, uh, Darren Waller, and of course his wife uh, still over here in Vegas uh, doing pretty good job over there with Becky Hammond and uh, talking about Kelsey Plum, of course, uh, doing a great job with the Las Vegas Aces. But my goodness, uh, one big game, and again, it's only one game, but at the end of the day, I've been to tons of games and you know, when I don't have a press pass, I'm buying tickets, I'm getting in there, I'm going. I love this team. I was at the last game there, black hole, first row. Uh, you know, I just love Raider football, but it has been tough to watch. And you could just feel that this team was trending in the wrong direction big time. So even against a two and six Giants team, when they came in, I didn't care. I just wanted to see what O'Connell had learned in the game that he was sacked seven times against the Chargers. Because at the end of the day, like I said, I know it was Khalil Mackett and six of those sacks, but they had a chance to win that game. They're on the three-yard line there with a chance that they get a touchdown to take the lead. And then he rolls right and throws the interception instead of us running Josh Jacobs. So, you know, there's been questionable calls with McDaniels. And I I was somebody that was kind of out there and outspoken a little bit because it reminded me of North Turner, great offensive coordinator, 
but a guy that never really transitioned to be a good, solid head coach. And McDaniels had the you know early woes there in Denver when he took his first head coaching job. So, okay, go back. Yeah, Brady, you're back in New England. You're learning some more. Now you're coming out. Now you should make things happen a little bit better. But when you blow five leads of whatever it was, 15 or more last year, including one on my birthday against the Cardinals, that they're up 20 to nothing at halftime, and I had to talk my brother-in-laws from Phoenix into staying. And, of course, now they love me for that. But at the end of the day, Ed, I, I mean, there was just so much that went wrong in such a short period of time. And so I've got to credit owner Mark Davis for making this move, even though I questioned the move when it was initially made, but I've got to give him credit because he's going to eat a lot of money as far as this goes, but you just couldn't do it any longer. It was just a team that you just kind of felt was handcuffed to say the least. Yeah, no, you're right about a lot of those things. And, um, you know, these moves don't happen mid season. So, uh, you know, credit Davis for doing it when he did, if he, if look, if he thought a change needed to be made, uh, then make it now. Then go ahead and make it. Don't don't drag on a season uh, like you said with all this other stuff happening around them. I just don't think um, you know the first press conference we ever had with Josh McDaniels. Um, he made it a point to say he had grown up, he had learned from how he handled things in Denver, um, how he you know uh, got along with players or didn't get along with players, and all the things that came out of Denver. And you know a year and a half into the Raiders tenure, I'm not sure that that was the case. Um, I think you know I think he just he had a way as a head coach is the way he thought things should be done and it didn't work out here. Um, I think a lot of players were really getting, you know, if not testies, the right word, but they, they just didn't think things were going as well as they should have. And, you know, I'm sure Mark talked to a lot of people before he made the decision. I'm sure players were involved. I'm sure he looked at those Chicago and Detroit games. You see a team like Detroit, who's been able to turn it around in a few years. Um, you know, why can't, you know, I'm sure Mark's thinking, why can't that happen here? Um, and a lot of things went into it. There's no question. I don't think it was one thing, Kenny, that led him to make the move on Ziggler and McDaniels, uh, but he did, and now he's got guys in there that, you know, these guys seem to really like in, 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 in Pierce and, and, and want to play for and are excited. Now, here's the thing, and you know this as well as anyone, it's one game, and when you have an interim coach, this is what happens usually in the first game. You get really fired up. You're all juiced up. You want to play for the new guy. You get excited. It helped that they played the Giants who aren't any good. Mm-hmm. You know, had it been the Chiefs, it might have been a different story. But, you know, it was the Giants, so they got fortunate there. Uh, they go in and they, you know, they, they take care of business. Now let's see what happens in weeks two, three, four, five, and, and going forward. Because, you know, to remain with that kind of high and juice going, um, it's not always easy when you kind of get in the doldrums of a, of a longer season, eight more games. We'll see what happens. But um, for now, uh, they're very excited. They're playing one-on-one mini hoop in the, in the, in the locker room. They're wrestling each other in the locker room. They're excited. They're smoking cigars. Uh, they're uh, acting like they're really happy. So we'll have to see if that translates to the field, you know, against the jets and then the dolphins. And they haven't even played Kansas city once they have the chargers again. Um, it's not going to be easy. They, they have a tough schedule down the stretch. So, We'll have to see how that translates. Yeah, huge game Sunday night. Just to get to 5-5, five and five, give yourself a chance. You lose that game, you drop to 4-6, and six, and like you said, schedule backloaded heavy with at Miami, Chargers, and on a Thursday night game, which would be home, but two games against Kansas City. So not easy, yeah. as we know. No. But uh, you know, it is interesting that one little caveat that nobody's really talking about. Let's think about Josh McDaniels. He's got all these rings as an offensive coordinator. Why? Yeah, Tom Brady. Sure. Belichick, all these Lombardi trophies. Why? 
Tom Brady didn't win anything at Cleveland, hasn't won anything since Brady left, right? Brady won again in Tampa. How about Tom Brady, minority owner there? A very small owner here as far as monetarily, but nonetheless, you know, I, I mean, I'm thinking, Ed, what, what about, would Brady's, he's got to have some input there. You know, Mark Davis had to say, hey, Tom, you know this guy as well as anybody. What about it? Do we stay with it? I mean, I'm just thinking, and we don't know, but I mean, you may. I mean, it, to me, it's just something that uh, I'm thinking Mark Davis knows Tom Brady that well to make let him be a, a minority owner on this Raiders team. Here's a guy that won all these Super Bowls with McDaniels as offensive coordinator, and he could see the writing on the wall, and I'm sure he may have had a little bit of input there to say, you know what, it's not working. Yeah, I don't know for I don't know that. Um, I I just think he probably talked to a lot of people. So what is you know Brady's a now minority owner with the Aces, um, so there's definitely a relationship there. They're trying to get him. You know, I think Davis wants him a minority owner with the with the with the um, the Raiders. It's going to have to you know the owners are going to have something to say about that across the league and right. how much it is. And do they want him paying that little for for the ownership or do they want him to pay higher amount? You know, there's all things going into that right now. So whether he called them or not, I'm not sure. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, given the relationship Brady had with McDaniel's. I mean, he knows his McDaniel's as well as anybody. Um, or maybe he just wanted him to keep him out of that and not put him in the position of saying one way or the other. I could see that part as well. Um, but I think he talked to a lot of people. Um, I don't think he's—I don't think he's an owner that makes this decision without you know doing his research and talking, especially mid-season like we talked about before. Um, It's—it uh, doesn't happen like this often, you know, in mid-season um, where these kind of decisions are made. So I, I'm with you, and I give him credit in that. If he thought this was best for his team, make it now and don't wait. Um, waiting would have made no difference, and I, you know, would have just things would have just gotten worse. I think within that locker room, and you don't want that because there's still eight eight games left, which is a long season. You know, it's not like there are two or three games left and you could ride it out. So I gave him credit for making the change, and now we'll just see how how it goes from here on out. Um, they they like AP a lot. Um, uh, I think there's a respect there for him. Um, he is saying all the right things right now uh, about building the culture. So we'll have to see if that plays out. Like I said, first game, you know this, first game in an interim, you usually see that kind of effort. Um, and not that they won't have effort the rest of them, but, it, you know, it, it gets back to business now. It gets back to, you know, serious business now. After that first game, you get that first win. And now, you know, things become much more business-like, I think. There you go. Ed Graney, of course, uh, doing his professional job on the air as he always does not embarrassing kt saying kt he's not a part owner of the raiders yet but let me uh let me kind of clear this up without ever saying anything i love that you do that you're just the best you're right it's something that uh still has not been approved by the league but as far as the aces yes uh brady minority owner there but the relationship is there but thank you for that uh Bo Hardegree, tell me a little bit about the guy that transitions from what quarterback, quarterbacks coach to yeah. uh, offensive coordinator. Because what I liked is number one, Hunter Renfro got a couple passes and three three downs. I think he got two of them for nineteen and thirteen. Look, he's only average. He's only getting two passes a game, but it's good to see O'Connell, the youngster, spray the ball around and get it around to different receivers. And so you kind of felt like after those two plays there by Renfro, like all right. Hunter Renfro, there's a sighting, and it's not just once, yeah. it's twice. So you kind of felt like everything was working. And again, like we all said, it's it's one game, it's against a team that now is sitting at 2-7, and seven, so we're not getting ahead of ourselves. But what an afternoon it was just to relax and enjoy and watch domination, a team that had eight sacks, eight tackles for loss, and won the turnover battle. These are things that they've struggled in mightily over the last several years. Especially the turnover battle, you're exactly right, hit on the head. I mean, they... 
for several years, it's been like, you know, when are you going to start creating your own turnovers? And they've done a little more of that this year, obviously, than they have in the past. You know what? Aiden O'Connell did exactly what he was supposed to do. He didn't lose any game for them. He didn't force anything. He played within the, you know, the scope of what um, Bo wanted to happen. We saw what he wanted to happen early on by feeding the ball to Jacobs. That's kind of how they wanted to play. They hoped it would be successful. It was successful. And, you know, Aiden wasn't put in a spot where you got to go win the game. Um, Sunday night will be very interesting because he's about to play a lot better defense. He's probably going to have to make tougher, more pressurized throws on Sunday night. So let's see there. Um, we've mentioned the other teams coming up in the schedule. He's going to be put in a lot tougher positions. But I thought for a second game, and I, you know, like you started off saying, I thought he was much more composed this game than he was against the Chargers. He was, you know, had some happy feet against the Chargers. He held on to the ball. Those seven sacks, six by Khalil. They weren't all the offensive line. I think Aiden had to do some some with those, um, and being at his first start. Um, so I thought he was much better this game. Um, Josh was really good. The offensive line was really good. And they just did what they're supposed to do. I liked Bo, um, and I know Adam Hill has a story in the paper tomorrow in the Review Journal for us tomorrow. You know, Bo went to these offensive players and said, you know, tell me what you like. You know, what plays do you like? What 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 would you prefer we do? Do you, you know, let's do we want to run more zone? Because Josh likes to run more zone than, than other plays. Um, and I thought that was interesting. You know, they – they really want the culture to be one where players have a say in things. And he went to those players and asked them what they preferred. Um, you know, and I, I thought that was really interesting for an offensive coordinator who's going to call plays for the first time in the NFL to do that. Um, it definitely worked out. Um, I think the players loved it, that they had a voice in you know, everything. And uh, there's no bigger uh, fan than, of Hunter than, uh, than me. I think Hunter is, you know, he's a really good football player. He's a really good guy, um, just wants to win. Um, so I was glad to see him get a few balls and, and, and make some positive yardage out of it. Cause you know, I mean, this is a guy who had what any, you know, uh, pro bowl or thousand yard or what just a few seasons ago. I mean, I don't think Hunter Renfro forgot how to play football. Um, so, you know, I was glad to see him get a little more involved. Yeah, you know, what I like is I like creativity. I like men in motion, deception, right? We don't see enough of it. And that's why I always talk about Shanahan. I know he blew the... 28-3 lead, which ticked me off in that Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, you know, this guy's very creative. And, you know, when Debo Samuel's healthy, that team has more looks than anybody else, you know, in the NFL. That kind of sure. keeps you guessing, right? I've been watching, and I, I know you're, you're busy, but Kansas, Lance Leopold. I mean, the unbelievable thing. They're with a backup quarterback who's really not a backup. Jason Bean's a hell of a quarterback. And they're pulling stuff to where they have five or six different guys end up moving before the ball's ever snapped. Like, you don't even know who the hell's going to get the ball. Defenses are going like, what the heck? Film, you got to study a ton, and that's why they're getting wins right now. This guy's, you know, even shorthanded pulling out games. I like that. And who says you can't throw three fly patterns in a row? Like, what is there, a rule? Oh, we went deep. We missed it. Okay, so let's uh, run up the middle on the next play. That used to tick me off. Look, what says if you don't have if you have an advantage on you know one side or the other that you can't run that play a couple different times if it maybe misses by a hair on one? I, I want to see creativity. I want to see things you know change up, keep the other team off balance, and I think they have some of that personnel to do that. You'll you know we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see if uh, O'Connell is a kid that's going to be able to mature and become somebody that can play in this league. And I think if he stays healthy, I think he's shown at least a little bit of promise, a little bit of maturation in one game to the next. Like we said, still competition. Now you're going to go up against one of the best defenses in the league in the Jets. So even though their offense struggles, their defense keeps them in games. What are you expecting Sunday night before I let you out of here? 
Uh, same thing as you just said. I don't. I think you know, seventeen fourteen. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a defensive uh, battle, and I think uh, you know O'Connell's going to have to make throws. You know, um, he hit the one to Trey Tucker deep the other day, uh, and that was a little creativity. They had Devontae and Trey Tucker split apart, both on go routes, and the safety came over to Devontae, so he hit Trey Tucker. That to me was a really good decision. You know, because he had both going, and one was Devontae Adams, but he saw that the safety came over to double, so he went to Trey. For 50 yards. I mean, that that's a maturation. That's a really good decision by him to hit that. Um, so I do think you're right. I do think he's maturing. And, you know, I was one of those one who, who wrote it and, and, and thought it is like, you know what, um, when they made the switch, I thought it was a good switch. Kenny, you have to find out what you have in this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to find out. You drafted him with fourth round. You have to find out if this guy can be your guy for the future. And the only way you're going to do that is game snaps. You're not going to do it in the preseason when he looked good, when everything was vanilla on the other side. No one showed anything. Um, take nothing away from the guy, but that's not real football in terms of what he's now facing. So, um, you know, nothing against Garoppolo. I, I think, you know, I think Jimmy played as hard as he could when he was in there. He had the injuries again, but I think he, at this point in time, they have to find out what they have in him going forward and whether that means they find out that he's not the guy and they look to something in the draft or free agency, or maybe they find out he is the guy and they can go elsewhere in the draft and free agency and, and help him around and put people around him to help. So, um, totally agreed with the decision, and uh, we'll see how he is going forward. All right, going to let you out of here, but we got a Friday night game right here at Allegiant Stadium with a seven and two Rebels team. My goodness, yeah. how fun is this? Yeah. Freshman of the week in the Mountain West in Maeva, the uh, Liberty High School kid, and then of course Ricky White, eight receptions, one sixty-five, couple yeah. touchdowns. The player of the week offensively inside the Mountain West. Real quick, uh, we know Wyoming always stubborn. Craig Bowl teams on defense. But the Rebs got to get this one. You expect them to win on Friday? I do expect them to win. They won dating the last year, last season. I think it's eight of ten at Allegiant, uh, uh, four straight this year, um, five straight maybe dating to last year. Um, I expect them to win, and you just can't, you know, you can't say enough about the job Barry Odom's done. I'm writing something for later in the week, and you know, and you know this as well as anyone. You can you can want to win, and you can expect to win, and they expect to win at UNLV now. And given where that program's been, it has not been a history of success. What this guy's done in one year and turning that program around and, you know, having these kids expect to win each week and learning how to win, you know, winning, being celebratory, and then moving on to the next one. That's tough to teach kids nowadays. Um, Barry Odom's just done a marvelous job. So uh, that program is on the way up with him in charge uh, and his staff in charge. I expect them to win on uh, Friday, and uh, we'll see. they got to go to Air Force. That'll be a tough one. You don't know what the weather's like. But they're in the thick of this thing to get to the conference championship game. And what a uh, what a story that would be if you can if you know if they could do that. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, Air Force, oh my god! And then I watched the Army kick their butt on Saturday. Yeah, I, so I don't know what happened. I, I don't I don't know what happened, but I would think Air Force won't turn it over six times again. So no doubt. when UNLV goes there in a week, it'll it'll be a tough one. Yeah, Troy Calhoun pulled out the rest of his hair, but I love him, and he's a great yeah. guy, great coach, yeah. and uh, yeah, fun stuff. Ed, always appreciate you. You are the best. There's nobody better Thanks, as far as. Uh, pen to the paper although uh adam hill will tell us differently but you know still he's great he's yeah great. he is you guys have what a staff over there i mean it's sam gordon i mean it, unbelievable staff you guys have over there one of the best in the in the entire country no doubt thank you buddy i appreciate everything appreciate you ed graney one of the best listen to him 7 to 10 a.m over there on espn radio does a great job there but read his columns this guy is unbelievable just the uh the brain power and everything else and uh well-spoken and I just appreciate him big time and uh, man of faith and uh, just an outstanding human being. 
All right, we take a break. We come back. We wrap things up. Hour number one, and then myself and my producer, Mr. Mark Hoke, we're going to talk a ton of college football. I'll get you updated on all the scores, all the sports. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, KDON, streaming live on that Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it now. We'll be right back. Hoekster going a little country on me. Uh, who is that, Mark? I know I know the voice. Darius Rucker. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I know he transitioned to uh, country. Oh, wow. Yeah, he does a good job. I always liked him. And he's not crying anymore. Well, he probably was. His Dolphins made him cry on a Sunday. Lot. Yeah. Uh, that game against Kansas City, I know he was crying. He, he but, was crying more when Bob Dylan sued him. Oh, did he? Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, you, that song, you know, Only Want to Be With You. Right. You know, he does that lyric where he does the Dylan lyric and, and actually pays homage to Bob Dylan. Dylan sued him. Gosh, come on. Dead serious. <laughs> that sucks when your hero sues you. Wow. Ouch. Yeah. So, so yeah, Dylan made him cry a little more than the, than the Dolphins. There you go. I think the Dolphins are more of a long-term cry. The Dylan was a, ooh, yeah. Yeah, I was not uh, not impressed by Miami uh, first half. They struggled. But I will say this. I mean, when you have replay and you still can't get something right, there's something wrong. I mean, there was a pass at the end of the first half. I don't know because it was early, so you may have not been up for that game from Germany. But it was 14 nothing Kansas City. And uh, Tua swings it out to Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek didn't, like, he caught it up a above his numbers and it's kind of like slipping down and the defenders like right on him and you could see like the balls like sliding down Tyreek's chest but the defender is right glued to him so it's pinning down but Tyreek's trying to establish control to make sure he can grab it and hold on and then the ball is you know because the defensive player's arms are going down it goes to the ground and should have been an incomplete pass and then you know, KC picks it up, then they lateral back, and the guy takes it all the way in. So I'm sitting there, I'm going, well, that's going to be, you know, blown dead. So they'll go back and replay. And they let it stand. I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. I mean, it's like, if it's not the Kansas City Chiefs who are supposed to win, that call's probably changed. I mean, and people could say what they want. Oh, conspiracy this or that. I'm watching it. I've been watching football for a half century. I've been watching games forever, and this should have been an incomplete pass. It wasn't. What do they win by? That touchdown. 21-14. Miami had their chances, though, in the second half. They made it 21-14 after three. And a couple drives there in the fourth quarter. I was hoping they'd get in, but they didn't. So Kansas City, good teams find, or really good teams find ways to win games that they probably shouldn't. But just knowing that the Chiefs got shut out by the Dolphins' defense in the second half. I don't care if they play the game in Mars. You shut out Mahomes and the guys. That's impressive. That means you made some adjustments on defense that worked. So going forward... That's important for Miami. It'll give them some confidence. And, and Jalen Ramsey just back. He was out of position several times. I talked about that last night a little bit. But Miami's still a dangerous team as long as they can uh, get their act together, which is important for the Raiders even more so to get that win against the Jets because they go to Miami after that game. So they need to even off the record at 5-5 five and five and have some confidence going to Miami before they come back, play Kansas City before the bye week. So. We'll see how it all shakes out. But we got a lot of college football to get into, and we'll do that in hour number two. Let me update, because I am taking in 
Auburn, Bruce Perot against Baylor, Scott Drew. That game going right now. It is uh, about 2.35 to go in the first half, and it is 36-30 Auburn up on top of Baylor. So I'll keep an eye on that one for you. That's one of the uh, good games on the docket uh, as far as men's college hoops. Not a big slate like yesterday. Uh, Here's what we have as far as the college football. Ohio U, my nephew's alma mater, Joe Burrow. His home city right there, or hometown, Athens, Ohio. 10-3, to 3, they lead Buffalo. Now they're minus 9, total of 45. Total's not going to get there, it doesn't look like. Only 13 points in the fourth quarter. Ohio U, though, minus 9. They opened as 7-point favorites, total of 45. Northern Illinois spotted Ball State the opening touchdown, but they now lead 17-10. to 10. Only 345 left in DeKalb, and uh, they're laying 9 as well, so they're not covering. And that total staying well under 43.5 is the total. And then if you had Western Michigan, they were up 21-7 on Central Michigan, but the Chippewas 21 unanswered, 13-30 to go fourth quarter, and they lead 28 21 there, three-point underdogs to the Broncos. And now Ball State has tied things up with Northern Illinois. That is now 17 apiece. And Buffalo on the board to make it 10-9. to 9. So I don't know if extra point is pending, but that could be. And I'll keep an eye on those three college football games from Maction, Mid-American Conference action there on Tuesday night. Fran McCaffrey was texting with Coach Mack. Get him on the show in the next several days. 110-68. They blow out Mark Hoke's other favorite school, North Dakota, in their opener as uh, Iowa takes care of business as 20-point favorites. And, again, I'm getting the uh, gang sign from the uh, through the window there. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Good stuff there, Marco. Good game. Well, total was 156. How about they hit 178? 110-68, Iowa wins it. St. John's beat Stony Brook 90-74. to They don't cover the 20. Game gets well over that total, 149. Maryland 68-53. They win against Mount St. Mary's, but they do not cover the 21. And then LaSalle, outright winner in that uh, that Philly Fab Five deal. They got that tournament where they have all the teams from Philly with Nova and, and St. Joe's and, of course, Andy Isco's alma mater, the Penn Quakers, LaSalle and Drexel. Uh, LaSalle, 67-61. They beat Drexel in that first game, and the Dragons were three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Well, favorites there in that one, 133-and-a-half game stays under. UC Irvine, uh, one of my nephews going there right now. They are playing San Jose State. Uh, Anteaters minus three, 129-and-a-half in Nevada at home at Lawler. One, uh, minus 13-and-a-half, total 137 against Sacramento State's Hornets. And uh, 38-30 now Auburn over Baylor. They are one-and-a-half-point favorites. 41-33, IPFW leads DePaul. That's at the end of the first half. And Northern Iowa, I picked them today, plus four and a half. That was the one game that I liked. Uh, they have a pretty good squad. I think they win the Missouri Valley. They're up one at North Texas. North Texas hit eight of ten three-pointers in the first half. And uh, right now it is 65-64, Northern Iowa with a minute 51 to go in the second half. Bunch of other games. Indiana held on, beat Florida Gulf Coast, laying 15, only one by six in Bloomington, 69-63. Uh, Massachusetts blew out Albany by 21, laying 10.5, a, a win and a cover there in a game that gets over the total. And Vandy right now, 16.5 point favorites, a minute 37 away from losing to Presbyterian. Wow. Unreal. 62-53, Presbyterian leads oh. in Nashville. Oh. Wow, that's unreal. Jerry Stackhouse pulling his hair out over there, and uh, I'll keep you updated on that Does game. Does he have hair? Isn't he bald? Uh, he may be. Yeah, he may be pulling out his uh, facial hair. Oh, I don't know what he's going to be there pulling, but it ain't going to be pretty. No, it's not good. Hour number one in the book, SportsX Radio. Plenty to talk about. Lots of football. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, Don. We stream live on that Odyssey app. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Oak. We'll be right back. Hour number two, you're listening to SportsX Radio.
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, hour number two, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. KT, tomorrow night back at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. First two to KT's table that uh, mentioned free appetizer. You will have one of your choice, and they've got great food over there. All three locations, top of the line. Don't get much better than that. 24-hour establishments, got to be 21 or older. Great happy hours, clean, great vantage point to see five or six games wherever you're sitting, and uh, should be a lot of fun. And remember, the Rebels open up tomorrow night on the hardwood at Thomas and Mac at 7 o'clock. But KT will be all set up over at Steiner's Pub by uh, probably about 5 o'clock. So I'll see some of the regulars over there. Looking forward to seeing Chicago Bill. My buddy will make it out there. And a bunch of others. On the ice tonight, getting back to the scores, Tampa Bay beat Montreal 5-3. to three, A minus 130 game gets over the 6.5. Carolina skates past Buffalo 3-2. to two. They were minus 220, so if you laid the goal in the half, you got burned there. Game stays under the 6.5. Minnesota doubling up the Islanders right now. 2.10 left third period on the island. And uh, that game, about a pick em. Total was 6, so sitting right there as a push right now. Rangers just finished off the Red Wings. 5-3 to three was 5 nothing. So the Red Wings got 3 in the third period to uh, make it look good on the scoreboard. Sorry, C-Win. Rangers playing pretty good hockey. Minus 150, get the cover. Game flies over the 6 total. Winnipeg leads at St. Louis, 15.55 to go third period, 4-1. to one. Jets up on the Blues, total of six. Jets went off a minus 140. Nashville in Calgary after one, lead the Flames as slate dogs, the Preds are. 2-0 after one. That total at six as well. Seattle, Arizona after the first period, tied at one. That also a total of six. Arizona going off a minus 108 at the Westgate Superbook. New Jersey and Colorado coming up in just a little bit. It is right now the Avalanche minus 186, the total shaded to the over minus 125. Colorado looking forward to getting on the ice after getting shell-shocked by the Golden Knights 7-0 last Saturday. Unreal. I mean, just a beat down big time. Meanwhile, Anaheim playing outstanding hockey. They gave the Golden Knights their only regulation time loss. Uh, with four goals in the third period on Sunday night and won that game 4-2 to two after trailing 2 nothing going to that third period. Anaheim is a plus 170 at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins, 6.5, shaded to the over minus 135. I'd take a shot on Anaheim the way they're playing. They're just playing outstanding hockey. And they went on an East Coast trip and took care of business. They swept it. And that doesn't happen too often with a good West Coast team. And we don't know how good Anaheim is. They're surprising people right now. And then the biggest game of the night on the ice – my good pal, Mark Hoke, my producer, his Flyers, minus 200. Total six and a half at the Shark Tank. And only Hoekster's Flyers could pull it off and give San Jose their first win in regulation Whoa. of this season. Yes, San Jose wow. has not won a game. They are 0-10-1. And, and I texted Roxy Bernstein and Rox, my good bud, who still does some work there, I think, for the Sharks, covers some stuff uh, when they need him. And his son's a big hockey player. He's like 13, 13 and a half. And I just text him, Rox, 
Does your kid have any eligibility now? They need him. I mean, this team is woeful. They were losing to Vancouver at the Shark Tank uh, several nights back. Ten to nothing. And then the Sharks scored with a few minutes left. And whoever was still there at the Shark Tank, you could hear him. They were, like, going nuts. <laughs> like, it was Steve. We scored. <laughs> Steve was cheering. He was the only one left. Steve. Unreal. That's crazy <laughs> but Ken, stuff. Ken, do you know what the Sharks' stats are right now? I do not. I know they're woeful. What are they? Goals against is 4.91. Goals for 1.09. Oh, my. Ken, they're barely averaging a goal a game. Wow. That's terrible. That is that's, bad. that's bad hockey. No, that's, it's going to be a long year. They, they might get your Rangers off the hook, Ken. Because, you know, you're, it, it's the... Uh, the Coyotes did it will, in 17-21. I'm going to go out on the limb here after Presbyterian just beat Vanderbilt in oh, Nashville, God. 68-62 final. Oh. I'm going to go out on the limb here and say the Sharks get their first win tonight. Wow. I'm going to bet you a cookie <laughs> they do not. <laughs> okay, let's do it. It's not going to happen. There you go. All right. right, so there it is. It's on. It's on. Uh, and you know, trust me, if he wins this cookie, he's going to go, no, no, I meant, you know, one from Crumble. I see you did not. See, here's the thing. I did not specify what kind of cookie. I know. Crumble, man. Those cookies. Oh No, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of one of the ones that comes in a pizza box. Oh, okay. But, I mean. We'll see those, how, we'll see how merciful at that place, Crumble, are just like. They are good. I mean, they, they're tasty. unbelievable. There's a Crumble kind of close to my place. Yeah. Up there on uh, Centennial. I mean, I could tell. The guy's got to be from Jersey because he can't spell. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Oh, Hulk, Hulk, eat Hulk like Crumble. <laughs> The cookie monster. Boy, no Ken, I, I hope your Rangers from 43-44 get off the hook. I'm serious. I yeah, want your Rangers the off worst. the hook, man. See, in 1940, they won it all. That was the only That was the only Stanley Cup they had wow, what up, a until, up until 1994 because the Islander fans, of course, they won their four in a row, which really hurt. Andy Isco, he's a Ranger fan, but he grew up on the island, so he was able to kind of blend right in and, and root for the Islanders there. But not KT. I couldn't stand that team. I did. I did have a lot of respect afterwards, looking back at what they did as an expansion team with Al Arbor, who was one of the best NHL coaches of all times, and what an incredible collection of players. When I look, and they had two solid goaltenders, Billy Smith and Chico Rush, but they had, uh, you know, just a cast of characters, and then some enforcers as well, like Clark Gillies and and some crazy guys. Get little Gary Howitt, that dude, man, you a guy that you definitely want in a bar fight with you. You know, Gary Howitt, that guy will throw down with anybody. Good old good old school hockey, man. I love it. I love it. Start getting me going on the Rangers, Islanders, Flyers. Flyers yeah. Oh, yeah, back in the Goon day. Goon heaven, baby. Oh, it's good stuff. Is, you think they're, you know, they probably all went to heaven, but they've got to have a section over there. I bet there's a penalty box in heaven for those guys that they have well, to sit in every once in a while. The sin bin. Yeah, yeah. there's got to be a sin bin up there for them. <laughs> That's what they, that's probably where hockey goons go. They they go to Sin Bin Heaven. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't want to be there. It's like getting on the elevator with the Jersey Devil mascot. I'm not going down. And you can't that's okay. You can't argue with the ref. <laughs> that's the best man. I mean, <laughs> that wouldn't work out well. No, I mean the alternative would be uh, yeah, we'll throw you out of the game, which would send you to a bad place. So yeah, don't argue with the with the ref on that. All right, if you have money on that uh, Mac football, 13-10, Ohio leads again, minus nine, still nine minutes to go, fourth quarter leading Buffalo, total 45. Again, you don't think you're going to get there, but if the game goes into overtime tied at 13, you never know. Uh, Ball State, Northern Illinois tied at 17, 35 seconds left in regulation, and Western Mish 
not only did they just tie Central Mich at 28, they now have just gone in front with another touchdown. They literally got two touchdowns in the last minute and a half, Western Michigan. So up 34-28, extra point pending, 7.30 to go. And I think Brad has money on Western Mich, so I'm rooting for them. <laughs> so he'll be in a good mood. Uh, North Texas, Northern Iowa, they end up going into overtime, which was bad for KT because now it's 76-72. Uh, the Mean Green, minute 52 to go in overtime. They're up four, laying four and a half. Auburn up nine at the half on Baylor, 43-34. IPFW, surprising DePaul. They're 11 and a half point dogs. They're up eight. Second half just underway over there at the Rosemont, 146. Your total, 41-33. Mastodon's leading DePaul and San Jose State. UC Irvine underway, 7-3. Sparty out of the gate in Nevada. First bucket there against Sac State, just underway from Lawler. Some add-on games uh, still going, Michigan leads NC Asheville, 79-59, 7.50 to go second half, Ann Arbor. Uh, Michigan minus 10.5, 143.5, and, a half. and uh, Howard still out. He won't be there to coach for a while. Creighton, McDermott's guys rolling over the Rattlers of Florida A&M, 69-31. They're minus 36 in that game, and they're up 38 with 15.41 to go from Omaha. On the ice, get back to... Uh, couple of those games. No, in fact, uh, we gave you all those scores there. So so we're good. We're caught up on yeah. pretty much everything. And I'm like looking. I'm like, wait a minute. Where, where's where's the NBA basketball? No games. I know. What the heck? That is bizarre. Sixers Celts tomorrow night, though. There you go. Philly's right. 5-1, man. They're playing well. Got rid of Harden. You feel better about Addition that? Addition by subtraction, apparently. Well, you get Maxi out there on the floor a little bit more. You know, it's it's working out. And when Benyama will be in New York tomorrow to play the Knicks. Well, I wish your Knicks all the best on that one. No, they're minus nine, two twenty-two. I'll get to all he's, those lines. He's playing well. He is. I got to give him credit. A couple big games in Phoenix too. So uh, yeah, I got to see the kid uh, during the NBA summer league, which is great, and that's why I love that the summer league's out here in Vegas because you get a lot of people that come out, and you know, a lot of locals like to go as well because it's one hundred and five degrees, and you get the kids, you know, enjoying the indoors of basketball all day, basketball days. I mean, that's like. It's heavenly for kids that love their hoops. Well, yeah, and it's a great time here too because if you, you know, the uh, the WNBA All Star Game was around uh, during the summer league as well, and they're running youth tournaments all over the city, uh, everywhere. So the NBA just kind of turned it into, you know, I, I if they keep the WNBA All Star Game here, you know, they just really turned it into a, a basketball festival all over the valley. I mean, it's really cool. All right, so Hoekster, we're going to get into college football big yeah, time, but let me let me let me uh, let me just hit the NFL real quick, so so I can get your take. Uh, just going through the divisions: Miami six and three, Buffalo five and four, the Jets with the Monday night loss last night four and four, New England two and seven, minus ninety three point differential. That is unbelievable, but uh, it is what it is. Your take as far as the AFC East, does Miami win that division? Buffalo, I don't see, I don't think the Jets, I know Aaron Rodgers is saying, hey, I'll be back quicker than you think. Uh, maybe he gets back on the field with a couple games to go, but I, I don't know if I'd even risk it if they're not in uh, postseason, you know, comp- you know, if they're, if they're not there, right there in the mix, I, I'm not going to risk them. Yeah, it's, well, and, and Rodgers said that today because he kind of shot his mouth off last night. Plus, there was video of him in the pregames throwing fifty-five yard passes. So he, I mean, he's almost looking like he's ready. But he said, "Hey, let's chill it out." And uh, you know, if it and it's kind of going to depend where the team is too, because you know, if they're in contention, 
you know, they then they may be tempted to pull the trigger. But would you really want to be playing behind that offensive line if you were Aaron Rodgers and had a Achilles issue? You got to take a hard pass on that. But uh, in terms of who's going to win the division, ah, I, and I'm just kind of looking down here. Um, if my laptop will let me, I'm still leaning Buffalo. Uh, but you know, plus the you know the the Bills beat them earlier this year pretty bad. So yeah, I'm I'm going to stay with Buffalo on that. But but they could end up tied. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. All right, so Buffalo, Denver on Monday night. Then they get the Jets. They're at Philly. At Kansas City after the bye, Dallas at home, at Chargers on a Saturday, and then uh, New England and at Miami. And not an easy road. No. That is uh, one Miami, Chargers, Dallas, Kansas City, and Philly. That's five tough games right yeah, there. Have fun. Yep. Yeah, and that's going to impact the wild card races too because that could pull Miami back into the pack. So, yeah, no, that, that's Buffalo's schedule. Oh, that's Buffalo's schedule. Buffalo's yeah, schedule. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. no, no, no. That's okay. Here's here's my here's Miami schedule. Miami schedule is still uh, tough, and we're hoping the Raiders can beat them in Miami. But Raiders got to take care of the Jets first. Uh, let me see. We've got can, uh, open dates, so they're on their bye week now. They'll be okay. So they get the they get the Raiders right out of the bye. Then they're at Jets, at Washington, Tennessee on a Monday night. Jets, Dallas at home. At Baltimore, Buffalo at home. Oh, yeah, but they have Buffalo and Dallas at home. The only tough road game they have is at Baltimore. Yeah, that's still going to be that's still going to be tight, Ken. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay with my pick, though. All right, I'll say, I'll I'll say Miami for sure. All right, Uh, which I did. So you did. All right, so that's what we do. Let's go there. Uh, Baltimore Ravens looking as sharp as they they could the last uh, couple games there. Lamar Jackson outstanding, but the defense has been suffocating. They're minus, I mean, uh, right now, yeah, they're minus a uh, pretty good number right now to win the AFC North because they have a two-game lead over the other three, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. And Pittsburgh and Cleveland just don't have the offense. Cincinnati, when Burrow's healthy, we see that ball being moved regularly. So uh, Baltimore right now, if everyone stays healthy, more than likely they got a, a great shot. I don't see them blowing a two-game lead. It, again, you still have eight games to go, but a nine for the other uh, three teams. But Baltimore's yet to have their bye. Yeah, Cincy's schedule's not really easy either. So I don't, I don't know if they're going to catch them, but I still think Cincinnati's the better team. But but Baltimore's defense, yeah, you, they've been just absolutely locking people down. So you know they'll they're going to be there at the end, Ken. It'll be uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I think a fun Final Four in the AFC. Jacksonville six and two, Houston Texans and Indianapolis Colts have four wins, but the Texans have played one less game. So the Texans are four and four. And C.J. Stroud, what a game he had! Four hundred seventy yards, five touchdowns. No interceptions. He was outstanding. And I'll tell you what, when that kid has time, and, yeah, that was a knock on him coming out of Ohio State was, eh, he's not a real mobile guy. He did have a big game against Northwestern where he ran, but he really didn't have to run much because he had a wall of granite there and he had darn good receivers. But at the end of the day, he's showing that he can do it all. He gets uh, outside the pocket enough, and uh, he's not slow. He has good lateral movement, and he played one heck of a game on Sunday, and they got a big win to get to 500. But Jacksonville right now still looking like the team to beat, and their defense looks very, very sharp, and they've won five in a row. They sit at 6-2. and two. Where are you as far as AFC South? Anybody touch the Jags? No. No. I, I, Houston's going to be a – they're probably going to up around 500. But the Jags, man, they, they look like a conference championship-level team to me. You know, they, And next year – 
boy, I'll tell you, they're going to be fantastic. And adding Eddie in in there and getting him healthy, yeah, they're they're going to be they're going to be a tough out when playoffs hit. Kansas City seven and two, Chargers four and four after the win last night. So Chargers have won a couple in a row. Raiders with the big one four and five, and uh, Denver three and five, and they've won two in a row. Your take? We know Kansas City, you know, minus fifty thousand probably to win the AFC West, but uh, Chargers, do they make the playoffs? And Raiders outside chance? <sighs> I still can't put the Raiders in there yet, and the I Chargers. Agree. It's it's a coaching situation. You know, it's is what that comes down to. They've been they got some tough injuries too, but Yeah, if they nah. don't lose Mike Williams, if they don't lose Mike Williams, it's you know, because Austin Eckler, when he's healthy, he really does make that offense, you know, multi dimensional. Because Keenan Allen's the consummate pro. You're okay on tight ends and they've let a couple of good ones get away uh, over the last few years. But the defense is still good enough and Joey Bosa, you and I watching him last night, just like a man child, just pummeling people yes but his problem is he's injury prone yeah there i mean it's everything's a little too tight right now to kind of pick that last wild card team but i think miami's in buffalo's in baltimore's going to be in since he's going to be in jacksonville's going to be in casey's in at least one spot for a lot of good teams so yeah maybe there you go all right so your eagles eight and one best record in the nfc no surprise to mark hoke or ken thompson Dallas five and three. They let that one potentially get away, according to Cowboys fans, uh, against the Eagles. <laughs> they've, been let, they've been saying that for twenty some odd years, Ken. Yeah, I mean Philly finding ways to win games, and that's the maturation of Hertz. He's just uh, somebody that comes a big when need be. They're only plus fifty seven as far as point differential. Cowboys plus seventy two, but the Eagles have won three in a row, and they are unbeaten at home. Tough to beat them at home. Dallas still unbeaten at home as well as three and zero. Eagles are four and zero at home, uh, but a you know, two and a half game lead there for Philly, who is yet to have their bye. Washington four and five, and the Giants two and seven. Giants will be lucky to win three or four games. Uh, Giants could be right there in that Caleb Williams sweepstakes. And I don't even know if you know Caleb Williams. Is, there's several good quarterbacks out there that people are going to be looking at, and they may cut bait with Daniel Jones, especially with this injury. We'll wait and see how Jeez, all that and, shakes and out. And they just signed him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I mean, fool's yeah. gold. Fool's gold last year, I was, the way everything fell into place for him. Yeah, I was shocked that they gave him that big of a deal. It was $140 million for four years. That's a mm. – I mean, I guess they were trying to go for stability. but Yeah, I don't know how but, much but, of that was guaranteed. How much, you yeah, know, 85 he, or something. The thing is, he just doesn't – there's there's not a lot of weapons there, and offensive line's terrible. So, you know, once again, it's a guy who you don't know how good he really is because he doesn't have anything around him. So. Mm-hmm. Minnesota with Dobbs, what an incredible story that is. Joshua Dobbs, literally there just to try and learn people's names. Now, he he said he's, he's, he's great, and he's very smart, very cerebral guy. Uh, was it like rocket engineering? He's one of, you know, over at Tennessee, he was doing, uh, you know, one of these ridiculous majors, but very cerebral. And uh, he gets shipped out from Arizona to Minnesota. And then, lo and behold, Jaron Hall from BYU, the rookie, gets hurt. And Dobbs has to step in. He's the only other quarterback. He doesn't even know everybody's name on the team, but he engineers a victory with a minute some odd seconds left, uh, throws a six-yard touchdown pass, had a couple touchdown passes, and they win the game. So the Vikings are 5-4. and four. Lions are 6-2 and two, uh, on their bye. Green Bay got a win as well, so they're 3-5. and five. The Bears, the Bears, 2-7. And, seven. and uh, the only team negative point-wise differential in the NFC North. How good are the Lions? I think they're pretty good. 
Yeah, they're a Final Four team. I, it, it's Philly, San Fran, Dallas, Detroit. Yeah, I just don't see any other teams even close to them they're out of the rest of the conference. So, you know, they'll, they're going to win the division, and, and, you know, we'll see what they do from there. But, you know, they're probably going to be headed to a date with Sam Fran in the semis as long as everything kind of holds up. So, ah, that's going to be a tough hill to climb. But, of course, you never know the way Sam Fran's playing. Yeah. Well, New Orleans is uh, five and four. They lead the NFC South now with a couple wins in a row, a one-game lead over Atlanta, a game-and-a-half lead over Tampa Bay, who's dropped four in a row now, and then Carolina one and seven. Uh, I still think New Orleans wins that division probably somewhere, you know, 10 and seven, uh, maybe even nine and eight wins the NFC South. I agree. I think it's a nine, eight situation there. And, you know, Atlanta just is not going to get the quarterback play. You can't decide between uh, Ritter and Heineke. I mean, that's, that's not much of a decision to make. You might as well, you know, just plan to be blah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's you know, that's about it. But and I feel so bad for Baker Mayfield because if Tampa Bay had any offensive line play, any running game, Tampa Bay would be probably running away with that division right now. But Mayfield's playing his butt off. All right, we will uh, take a break. I actually went long here. It's a soft break, but we went a little long. Niners and Seattle now tied, both five and three. Seattle getting beat down in Baltimore. Niners off the bye came at a, at the right time for them. Rams at three and six, and again. Uh, getting Carson Wentz, maybe that helps him out, at least close the season strong uh, until Matthew Stafford's 100%. And Arizona 1-8, and eight, still playing hard. But Kyler Murray will be back and will start this week. They have dropped six in a row. SportsX Radio, wall-to-wall college football. When we come back, we'll keep you updated on all the scores. But we're going to get into the college football playoff. Myself, producer Mark Hoke, both love our college football. We're going to break it down. When we come back, his Nittany Lions in a big game at home in Happy Valley against Michigan, the Maize and Blue. In town, 101.5 FM, K-Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app on a fat Tuesday. You're listening to SportsX Radio, PSBR Law Studios in Vegas. We'll be right back. She's got a body under that shirt where all she wants to do is rub my face in the dirt. Cause I can dance, I can talk. Only thing about me is the way I walk. Ah, yes, a little Genesis on a fat Tuesday. Mark Oak's been in the hits. Little Phil Collins at the lead vocals after he replaced Peter Gabriel. Good stuff as we uh, roll on through. Going to get into the college football now. Touched on the NFL, but we'll finish up with that NFC West. Uh, Seattle at 5-3. and three. Any chance, Mark Hoke, that they uh, pass San Francisco and win that division? Oh, I can't see it. Even though it would be kind of funny after all the whining the Niners fans have done. But now the Sea Chickens proved me that, you know, I, I picked them last week and I will never do it again. So forget it. San Fran. All right. Uh, Ohio U just scored late. 45 seconds left. They lead Buffalo 20 to 10. They're minus nine. They're now up by 10. So if they close that out, it's one of those. Thanks. Got it there at the end. Ball State wins outright into Cal against Northern Illinois. Beat the Huskies 20 to 17. And Western Mish still leads at home 35 28 over Central Mish. Three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Auburn 51 47 on the hardwood, leading Baylor 15 40 to go. The opener for both teams. IPFW still a three-point lead at DePaul. 12-15 to go. Mastodons, 11.5-point dogs, up by three. And uh, that is it. Uh, Nevada, 12-12, halfway through first half in their opener against Sacramento State. Now 9-15 to go, and they're down 15-14. San Jose State, 16-15, up over UC Irvine. 
Good to see all those college basketball scores roll on in. Michigan laying 10.5, up by 15, a minute 37 to go at home at the Chrysler Arena there against NC Asheville. And all Creighton now up 44 big ones on Florida A&M. So you're laying 36, still 738 to go, but you're up by 44 points in that one. So McDermott not calling off the dogs as of yet. Winnipeg 5-2 lead at St. Louis on the ice, 2-0 still Nashville. Uh, 7.55 to go second period in Alberta against Calgary. Seattle, Arizona now 2-2. 6.50 to go in the second period was 1-1 after 1, so 2-2 right now in the second. Jersey gets that first goal against Colorado. A big dog, plus 170, the Devils. 16 minutes still to go in the first period, but they lead the Lanch 1-0. And Pittsburgh, Anaheim, no score. 7.45 to go in that first period. And the only game left to go, the winless San Jose Sharks, soon to win their first game tonight. KT's calling it. Uh, they're 0 10 and 1, and they're taking on Mark Hoke's Flyers. And as I say that, the Flyers just went from minus 200 to minus 220. So people do not believe KT. They're like, we're betting on Hoke's Flyers. You, you moved the line, Ken. <laughs> the other way, I did it. <laughs> nice job. Amazing. Absolutely. Round of applause for Ken Thompson, everybody. Doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> Brad Powers will be proud of me when he comes in on Thursday night. Looking forward to that. Uh, by the way, on Thanksgiving week, uh, because Brad's on Thursday nights. We're going to shift Brad to Tuesday night. And then Wednesday night from Steiners will be the same lineup there with uh, Mark Lawrence, Andy Isco, and, of course, the great Arthur DeCesar over there at the Westgate Superbook. And then Friday, we will have the Friday football fiasco. All the characters, Chris Warinsky, Sis Al will close up, and John Cole, they'll all be ready for Friday. So it'll be holiday for you, but we'll still be bringing you all those games And there'll be a bunch because there's a big schedule as far as college football on Friday. And then we'll break down the Saturday games and get into the NFL a little bit with John Cole. So that'll be good stuff from BCCS Sports. All right, let's uh, let's go to it with the playoff hoaxer. And uh, are you surprised that Ohio State's still at the number one spot? Uh, You know, I guess, like you said, give Rutgers some credit because maybe Rutgers is just a better team and I think they showed that defensively. Shiano, I think, is a good, solid coach, getting the most out of his players. Wimsett's not a great passing quarterback, but he's somebody that keeps plays alive. And uh, Manangai had a big game, 158 on the ground, and a few touchdowns there for the Scarlet Knights. So they were there, and it really was a fluky play that turned that game around for Ohio State. And, you know, I mean, it was a bizarre deflection that turns into a 93-point touchdown going the other way that is a 14 point swing they end up winning by 19 but i'm telling you mark they if rutgers scored a td on that drive ohio state would have had trouble just winning that game yeah but i i'm i'm not surprised ohio state's still number one still got the most quality wins of anybody and you know they they're going to hold there until you know probably the end of the season and and as it's turning out rutgers you know six and three they're, they're not a bad team and you know Oh, you know, Iowa's got a better record than them. Wait, wait, okay, so okay, so the two. So in other words, because they beat Notre Dame on the last play of the game, and then they pounded Penn State. Those are the quality wins because yeah. that's it. Because well, nobody else has any real good ones either. Well, I mean, if you if you t- right, go, go the, take a look, the, you're I mean, right in the top four. You're right. Yeah, there's as far there's, as as far as the top four teams, uh, because Florida's state's win against LSU in the opener. Uh, has lost some luster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the win at Clemson, you know, Clemson had a nice game this past weekend to beat Notre Dame, but I mean, they're only five and four with that win. 
And then Michigan, again, they played nobody outside. I mean, realistically, I, I'd like UNLV to get another crack at them out here. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, when I look at the schedule, based on all those teams that they've played, UNLV is like one of the only teams over 500 that they've played. Rutgers and UNLV. Rutgers, yeah, it's Rutgers, been, yeah, that's it. It's been a light schedule for them. Like, and, you know, they're, East this Carolina, is, Bowling Green. At Nebraska, actually Nebraska, they did lose though to Michigan State, so that really short circuited their chance to potentially make a bowl game. Matt Rule had things going because they had won three in a row. And they're five and four; they'll be all right. At Minnesota, Indiana, at Michigan State, Purdue. I mean, the Big Ten is top heavy to say the least. So, and we don't know how good these teams are right now. Yeah, well, they, well, I think we know there are three pretty good teams up there. You know, they'll they'll hang with anybody in the country. It's just. You know, the one thing about Michigan, yeah, that schedule's bad, man. It's, you know, and they're going to get their first punch in the mouth when they play Penn State. We'll see what they can do. You know, if they get out of there with the win, then then I'm a I'm 100% believer. But I, I don't think they will, Ken. Okay, so here here's the thing before you get ahead of yourself, and I'm rooting for you, and it's, it's because I said at the beginning of the year because I know Happy Valley is such a great home field advantage, but I really wish it was a whiteout there, like that type of in, intimidating uh, atmosphere. But here's Penn State's schedule so far. West Virginia, Delaware, and at Illinois, Iowa, at Northwestern, UMass, at Ohio State where they got, you know, they couldn't score, Indiana, at Maryland. I mean, so you guys haven't played anybody outside of Ohio State and you lost. You did beat Iowa when they still had their starting quarterback who we know was banged up, McNamara, the transfer from Michigan, but you did beat him 31 nothing. So uh, the defense... They shut down Maryland in a game that I thought the Terps would keep close. So I, that's what I told you during the break or prior to our show start, and I just said, look, if they can just play defense the way they did, I know it's Maryland, but let's remember Maryland at the horseshoe against Ohio State. That game was 10-10, five minutes into the third quarter, and Ohio State's only score was a defensive pick six. So, you know, Maryland, yeah, they've fallen on hard times. But Talia Tungavailoa has moved that offense several times in different games this year. Uh, I'm hoping you guys can can knock off Michigan. It'll be it'll be interesting, and it'll catapult you inside that that top ten uh, and drop Michigan definitely outside of the uh, probably the top seven or eight. Yeah, it, we've it, got some big games. It yet. would be very interesting. Penn State wins that where they're going to end up in the rankings because they're they're number ten in the the. Uh, football playoff rankings right now. Mm-hmm. So, boy, that would be a hell of a jump. And by the way, don't diss West Virginia, Ken. They're 6-3. and three. They're all right. That's turned out to be a quality win. Yeah. Better keep rooting for West Virginia. Oh, absolutely. Go Mountaineers. There you go. <laughs> give me, some, give me <laughs> some of that. Give me some of that West Virginia moonshine, baby. There you go. All right, so Brad Powers, relax a little. Western Michigan got a field goal, 38-28, a minute 30 to go, minus three, up by 10, and Ohio U up by 10 with 30 seconds to go in Buffalo. Again, Ball State beat Northern Illinois on the road 20-17. to 17. And uh, Auburn now up 58-53, 13 minutes to go against Baylor. We're keeping an eye on that one. And uh, good stuff, good college basketball. Uh, I like a shorter schedule on day two because I can catch up on a lot of this stuff. But uh, good stuff. Uh, North Texas, of course, they end up winning by six in overtime, minus four and a half. They beat Northern Iowa 83-77. And uh, that is it outside of what's going on on the ice. No NBA basketball, so it uh, gives KT a little bit of time. 
uh, to get more into college football. What's your take on Travis and this Florida State team? Because I watched them against Pittsburgh. They were the better team, but Pittsburgh shut them down for a while. Florida State turned it over, and I know they're – uh, receivers, uh, Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, those guys were banged up. Uh, you know, they need those guys to be clicking on all cylinders. But Jordan Travis is a uh, pretty good quarterback. He's one of the guys that's still in the running for the Heisman. Uh, Mike Norvell's done a nice job with this team. They got the win against LSU on the uh, on the neutral over there in Orlando. Uh, you know, they wanted Clemson with that scoop and score at the end of the third quarter by Deloach that turned the game around. And uh, the ACC, though, is weak. I mean, they struggled. Remember, they struggled and got outgamed by 150 yards in Chestnut Hill against Boston College. That was week three. They have left. They have Miami of Florida, and they're favored by better than two touchdowns in that game. I know they're at home, but and I know Miami comes off the loss against uh, North Carolina State. I had NC State. Uh, but I don't know if Florida State in a rivalry game like that will cover better than two touchdowns. Then they get Northern Alabama. Are you kidding me? The week before they play Florida, they close out in Gainesville. They may lose to Florida. Uh, I don't know, Ken. I mean, Arkansas just took care of them. Yeah, that, I, I I like did, Florida did State. You, that was a that was a heck of a game. That, oh yeah, I, I I like Florida State to run the table here, and it, and really the the ACC has just turned into such a mess. I mean, teams had you know North Carolina had opportunities. I mean, Duke had the quarterback issues that kind of put them out, and you know, so I don't think they're going to make it. Probably going to be Louisville, eh, but who knows? Louisville is very capable of gacking one off. But I, you know, I just, but there's just something not to me that says a team like Washington or Oregon is better than them. Yeah. Louis, but, Louisville's got uh, Virginia coming up on Thursday at home. Then they're at Miami and they close with Kentucky, which would be a good game. But Louisville's only loss, like you said, gacking one off. I mean, yeah, they gacked at Pittsburgh. They lost to Pitt outright. Narduzzi got the win there. Otherwise, Jeff Brom in his first year at his alma mater, unbeaten. Yeah, and it would have had a big win over Notre Dame, too, and just went out and blew that game at Pitt. Otherwise, you know, can they, you know, you, you would, I think you would definitely have a team coming out of the ACC in the tournament, but now it's, it's Florida State or bust to me. I just can't see Louisville being able to come back and, you know, get a spot. Well, here's the thing: if Louisville runs the table and goes eleven and one, and then beats Florida State handily, handily, that that it, it gets them back in the mix. But then you're still talking: you got to get past whoever wins the Big Ten. You got to get past whoever wins the SEC. You got to get past whoever wins the Big Twelve. And you know, right now, Texas is, I I think they're hands down the better team, and they've and they've beaten Alabama. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard for them, Ken. But you know, it's it's a possibility. All right, so Washington and Oregon, real quick before we go to break, let's just uh, duck in number five and six. Washington staying at five, 52-42, and their defense played much better in the fourth quarter when they needed to against USC. That game was tied at 42. They got the last 10 points. Penix Jr. didn't have a great game, but they got you know over 250 yards on the ground, and that was key. They got that W there, and you know a lot of people thought they were going to be in trouble. Uh, when they lost their running back, uh, Cameron Davis, prior to the season. But Dylan Johnson stepped up big and, like I said, had over 230 yards, I think, against Southern Cal. Uh, Washington playing Utah at home this week. Then they're at Oregon State. That will be a test, and they close with Wazoo in the Apple Cup. Oregon, 
they better not – this is all I'm saying. Don't think just because USC lost to Washington and uh, Caleb Williams was crying in mama's arms. Oh, that, that was uh, bad, too. That uh, SC is just going to roll over. Right now, they, they fired their defensive coordinator. So, you know, they're going to go up there and they're just going to try and outscore you. That should be a shootout at Autzen Stadium. Oregon's a 15-point favorite in that game. Now, I wouldn't. I that seems like I wouldn't a take, lot. Yeah, I wouldn't take USC, though, because I don't know. And Oregon's good enough. Bo Nix is playing at a very high level, and their running game is solid. So if Dylan Johnson puts up two-something, Bucky Irving, he might have 300 on the ground against USC. I mean, it's scary. But Dan Lanning's got these guys playing great ball. Uh, then Oregon goes to Arizona State, which means they'll run into Dillingham, their old offensive coordinator, and then they'll close with Oregon State. So Oregon State actually has games against both Washington and Oregon. They can totally screw up the Pac-12. If Oregon State beats both those teams, the Pac-12 probably gets shut out, Mark. Probably. You know, I think one thing that's really telling right now is that they've got Washington and Oregon at 5-6, and six, which has given both those teams a ton of respect. Because if you're they're ahead of Texas, they're ahead of Alabama, you know, that's saying right now from the committee, hey, we – we're kind of waiting for somebody to slip, and if they do, you know, Washington's going to Washington's well, Washington going to get has in. Has to be ahead of Texas and Alabama because oh yeah, they're absolutely undefeated. undefeated. No, because yeah. they're undefeated, right? But you have Oregon with one loss, mm-hmm. and but that was to Washington on the right. last play of the game. Yeah, right? so they're showing a lot of respect there, and I think you know the other the other telling ranking there is Texas is ahead of Alabama, and and can that should hold no matter what. So if Alabama wins the SEC, but Texas is sitting there one loss, Texas is going to get that head to head and. Boy, there's there's a possibility. Can the SEC get shut out? There you go. Oh, yeah, right. Well, I, well, Ken, think about it try, for a second. Try. All right, we'll we'll think about it over the break. We got to take our break. final break. We'll, but we'll fight about it after. The no, break. no, no. We're not going to fight. I got to keep you around. Okay. Because I need well, my cookie. Well, well I, <laughs> San Jose, San Jose one, Flyers nothing. Oh, stop! Four minutes into the game, I'm just saying that's their one goal. There it is. They average one point oh nine, and they already have one three minutes and forty five seconds into the game. KT, telling you tonight, San Jose will win their first hockey game only because it's against my producer's Philadelphia Flyers. Live from Vegas, 101.5 FM, KDON. Streaming live on that Odyssey app. I hate you. Oh, it's awesome. We'll be right back to wrap things up. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. But when I see you hanging about with anyone, it's not unusual to see me cry. Ah, legendary Tom Jones. I mean, how many times he played over here in Vegas? And uh, one of those recognizable voices, big time. Almost forgot about my live read there with Preventative Diagnostic Center, Dr. John Pierce, uh, UNLV Alumni of the Year 2018. Dr. Pierce, incredible facility. He's got preventative diagnostic center. Demographically, if you fall between 40 and 72, you're fortunate. Whether you're coming in the valley or you make the valley home, uh, we've got the only scanner of its kind in the region. It gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. Talking about the preventative diagnostic center, you can call now, leave your name and number. They'll get back to you. Set up that free educational consultation. Let them know KT Sports X Radio sent you. You know the 702 for Vegas, 534 Seven nine zero zero five three four seventy nine hundred five three four seven nine zero zero. Comfortable scan takes a few minutes. 
few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. Heart CT scan, calcium score special. It's phenomenal. $600 value, $125. Your significant other, absolutely free. So the two of you in there for a $1,200 value, total $125. Check out those arteries. Make sure that they're not clogged and that uh, your heart's in good shape. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Preventative Diagnostic Center, 534-7900. And you can check everything out at PD Center. LV.com, pdcenterlv.com. All right, uh, Mr. Hoke, real quick, uh, Quinn Ewers right now upgraded day-to-day, which is uh, the old Vince Scully. We're all day-to-day, but uh, Malik Murphy's done a decent job engineering the Texas offense, and they found ways to get it done. Uh, Kansas State actually found a way to not get it done in the end of that game there on Saturday, and I was kind of bummed out that they – I uh, elected to go on a fourth and four from the four-yard line in overtime where they could have gotten the ball to start the second overtime. They were playing much better than Texas in the uh, second half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. But Texas gets the win, and Sarkeesian's done a nice job. And like you said, they have one of the best wins amongst the top uh, seven with the non-conference win against Alabama. Oregon's got, or Washington's got the best win because they beat number six, Oregon. So that's why that's still listed as the best win as far as, you know, in the rankings. So uh, Bama's right there. And Ole Miss, I mean, look at If Ole Miss wins in between the hedges oh. and then beats UL Monroe and Mississippi State, which should be gimmies, I mean, you're talking about a Rebels team that's going to be 11-1 and with the win against Georgia. But a loss to Alabama. And that's where – this is where the trick would come in if Ole Miss wins that game. <laughs> Here's problem number one. They're not going to. Ole Miss won't win the division because they're going to lose the mm-hmm. tiebreak to Bama. Mm-hmm. And then let's say Ole Miss did beat Georgia. Well, then if Alabama goes and beats Georgia, well, Alabama is going to be your best team in the conference. Mm-hmm. And they lost to Texas, so that's where your mess comes in. If Ole Miss wins this game, it's going to it's going to really hurt the SEC. It really will. See what I'm saying? Just because of the. I hope they win it. <laughs> I do too. That would be fun. I, I'm a fan of Jackson Dart. And look, this team, they found a way to beat Texas A&M. They were very fortunate. The Aggies missed the last second field goal, would have put it into overtime. Uh, Ole Miss has played some close games, but you know what? They find ways to win. That game with LSU, that was a shootout big time. But they did not play well. Alabama's defense, that's probably Alabama's best defensive effort of the year, holding the Rebels to 10 points. A uh, very high-octane offense with the USV, USC transfer Jackson Dart. So yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. That's one of those games. That's why I got to focus in. Yes, Penn State, Michigan, and uh, Ole Miss. Got to take in Ole Miss, Georgia in between the hedges, and then Oregon, USC. There's enough good college football games that are going to shake up the rankings, depending if any uh, shenanigans goes on. But I'm just hoping you guys take care of the uh, maize and blue. But I have somebody a regular at Steiner's Pub told me no chance, zero chance, Penn State wins that game. Zero, zero. I think I need to give him a hug. Tell him it's going to be okay. All right. He was like uh, he was like adamant. It was like the uh, Mister Blutarski zero point zero. Yep, <laughs> that's exactly right. I would I would heavily disagree with that. But wow. I mean, I think I think Michigan going in would still be the betting favorite. But like I said I just I just got a good feeling about this. Here's so. here's the craziest stat. I mean, Alabama now is what sitting at eight and one, right? Yep. They have thirty nine sacks. By their defense, they've given up forty-seven. That's unbelievable, isn't that unreal? Eight sacks more they've given up. I, and, I, I don't well, ever and, remember and, that. And, ever. and here's the problem that 
it's probably not as much as their off of their offensive line. It's just been shaky quarterback play, you know, hanging on to the ball too long, making mistakes. Uh, but yeah, this is not a typical Alabama team. I mean, they've only got one loss, but this this ain't uh, your daddy's, you know, superstar Alabama team. All right, Very it'll be, vulnerable. It'll be interesting. Auburn up six now on Baylor, eight minutes to go. DePaul now a four-point lead, 3.30 to go over IPFW. Irvine and San Jose State at the half, tied at 24, 38-30. Nevada leads Sac State at the half up at Lawler. Let me uh, go over some things that are coming up tomorrow. Uh, as far as on the, let me see, on the gridiron tomorrow, we've got more action action uh, with three games tomorrow night as the uh, games tonight are all final. Tomorrow night, you've got, real quick as I roll on down, Eastern Mission, Toledo, Toledo minus 19.46.5 using the Westgate Superbook lines. Of course, Kent State at home against Bowling Green. Bowling Green, Brad Powers, Alma Mata minus 10.41. Your total, Miami of Ohio, Red Hawks at home minus 18.40.5 against Akron. NBA gets back in action tomorrow. That big game, Celtics at Sixers. Celtics minus 2, 227.5. Spurs and Knicks from the Garden, Knicks minus 9.5. 222. Uh, Lakers at Rockets. Lakers not playing well on the road. They're minus two and a half, 218 and a half. Pistons and Bucks. Old C wins Pistons. Go to Milwaukee. Bucks minus 12, 227. Not going to get in all the games, but the Warriors and Nuggets will be a late game. And Denver at home minus three and a half, 227 and a half. Some of the lines for tomorrow as I look up. And there's going to be a bunch of uh, college basketball games tomorrow, but UNLV is at home at Thomas and Mack. And the Rebs laying 19, 144 and a half is your total in that game. So looking forward to seeing Kevin Kruger and the Rebs roll tomorrow night, take care of business. And uh, that'll about do it for us here on a Fat Tuesday. Live at Steiner's Pub tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. Still one nothing. San Jose leading the Flyers 10.35 to go first period. So at least I could say they were winning when we got off the air. We'll uh, have a great show tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. Brad Powers back on Thursday in studio and the Friday football fiasco to close out the week. Till tomorrow. Now, folks, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios. I'm Ken Thompson for producer Mark Hoke. For Ed Graney, who joined us in hour number one, we appreciate you. We appreciate you, the listeners. God bless, folks. Archives up in about 45 minutes. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow night or see you down at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. Have a great evening. God bless. Good night, everybody.